Hello, ladies and gents. How are we all doing? How's how's your guys' week been, man? How was your last week? Hope you guys achieved something productive. If not, well, you need to step up your game then. <laughs> but yeah, hope you guys have had a good week. A lot has happened in the sporting world this week. A lot, a lot of things went down. Uh, I'm sure you all heard about Conor McGregor um, and what happened at, with, in his fight with Khabib and, well, not the fight, actual, the after fight, really, when everything just blew up. Not literally, but, <laughs> but yeah, things went down after that fight. I mean, the All Blacks, going to talk about them again today. They were phenomenal, phenomenal on the weekend. Um, some cricket news <laughs> Arsenal oh jeez who would have thought eh? who would have thought Arsenal man nine games on the bounce I think it is <whistles> playing some football man playing some football uh, but yeah uh, just before we get into it just wanted to obviously do a little uh, podcast admin um, just want to again appreciate you guys with the with the feedback and everything that you offer to the show and like help me out um, last week we were talking about uh, the individual versus the team um, and a lot of you guys surprisingly were, were leaning towards being more of an individual when it was all on the line rather than part of a team which I don't really think that was the case but had some good good um, reasons why as well um, one of them was knowing your own strengths and weaknesses so you know how to kind of tactically plan things out in that case which is very true um, a couple of your other guys said that You'd rather have it all on your shoulders rather than rely on other people, which is fair enough. Fair enough. Um, on the flip side, um, other people, like a few of the guys at work, actually said that being part of a team kind of means that even if you do have weaknesses, you've got teammates to kind of back you up in areas you're not very good at. So getting the job done, not necessarily easier, but it was more likely to happen in that case, which is this is another good point. So yeah, some some good feedback from everyone. Um, really really appreciate it um, as always hit us up on the email at vii underscore training at hotmail.com uh, check out instagram our instagram page as well uh, vii underscore training for that one um, and the same name for twitter as well we're on there now um, trying to add to our social media collection if you like so many things out there it's ridiculous but there we go got to keep up with the joneses as they say um all right so what are we talking about the on this show well kind of looking at the influence of media and society on our own opinions um but we'll talk about why in a minute um but yeah, we're going to have a look at that. Obviously, shout out of the week, honorable mentions. And then for the end, uh, we'll be <laughs> having, a, having a little chat about tequila, funnily enough. Um, so yeah, lots to look forward to. Lots to look forward to. All right. Stop messing around. Let's get straight into it. Okay, so what effect does media and society have on our opinions now obviously specifically we're talking about what goes on uh, in the world of sports and this co- this topic uh, rather kind of came about um last week obviously due to the whole like jose situation at man united uh there's a few things talked about in terms of arsenal 
Um, even like the Ryder Cup, a couple of guys mentioned a few things about that. Um, the fallout from that as well. Um, and basically when I was having the conversation with them, it was kind of like they were just regurgitating what they'd heard like off the TV. Like, which, which is fair enough. That's where you get your information from. Cool. Um, but what I wanted to kind of talk about was whether like we stopped kind of trying to form our own opinions about it. Are we just like just conforming to what we've heard from the media because, you know, they're so-called experts in these kind of areas um which is like i don't know they're not they're experts at what they do like if they're ex-footballers and things like that they were experts in that kind of area but when it comes to like interpreting situations they've they've got bet um, maybe they've got a better insight but not necessarily experts um so yeah let's let's just start with the arsenal example so aaron ramsey's contract talks aren't really going that well for himself um, he obviously he feels like he's not getting paid what he's worth at Arsenal um, and a couple of the guys that I was talking to were like well we should just let him go like if that's what he wants and um, we're not going to give it to him then what's the point of negotiating with him they don't, they don't really feel like he's worth um, that type of money which fair enough like you're entitled to your own opinion uh, maybe he hasn't been performing the way you expected him to or maybe he hasn't been performing in that kind of way where he deserves that um, pay rise. Um, so my whole thing was, yeah, I get where like the media are coming from and what experts are saying. Now you need to obviously earn a pay rise. Um, but then just trying to play devil's advocate, have a look at Meza Ozil. I mean, since he signed, I think I think it is the biggest contract Arsenal have given out, maybe apart from Alexis Sanchez. Um, but since he signed that, you haven't really heard his name too often when it comes to footballing reasons or, or things that happen on the pitch um so if you're Aaron Ramsey and you're seeing this guy getting paid x amount of money and he's not really doing it on the pitch but you know he's been loyal to the club he's kind of he's stuck around um and you're Aaron Ramsey and you're thinking well I've done a similar sort of thing and if the like the wage structure and the pay structure is changing here like why why don't I deserve the same amount of money um so yeah that was that was the one of the things that we were talking about um, in regards to Arsenal and it was just interesting because <clears throat> like the media have obviously not made him out to be a bad guy but they've they've basically said that Arsenal kind of are right in standing firm um, and not really wanting to give him the money that he wants again fair enough you know that's that's what they want to do that's what they want to do but just to look at it from the other side and just have like a different point of view and not just go along with uh, what you just heard on the radio or the tv for example um all right so the other one um jose, jose Mourinho. <laughs> this one is always this one always makes me laugh kind of because like I literally i was talking to someone and they were just saying everything i'd heard 20 minutes ago on the tv from like these other pundits where they were basically saying that Mourinho um, he plays a, a, a boring brand of football he doesn't buy any young players he gets rid of players too quickly all the kind of like um, stereotypical things people think about um, Jose Mourinho um, but like and by no means am I a massive Jose fan or anything like that but it was just it was just like you've just heard it and you're just like repeating it what do you like what do you actually think do you like I'm sure you remember back in the day when Jose first came to Chelsea. He had um, one of his Chelsea teams actually has the record for the second highest amount of goals scored in a season. 
and, and that's only been beaten by last year's Man City's team, Man City team. So I mean that's phenomenal. We're just talking about goals scored for, from for like someone that supposedly plays a boring brand of football. That's uh, okay. That doesn't really add up there. And I get maybe he's changed his ways, but in the same way it's not like he doesn't know how to go back to that maybe that's what he's trying to do obviously we don't know either way um the other thing about buying that he doesn't buy young players <clears throat> I, I did a bit of research about a couple of the man united guys that he's bought um diego dalot that he bought this year the right back 19 years old um when he bought eric Bay, he was 22 uh when he bought uh victor lindelof he was 23 and he seems to trust Scott McTominay as well, who's only 21. Um, so, like, no, I understand that for sure. He, he might have not done it uh, maybe as consistently as other managers. But, like, he, I think he's trying to change. I think he's trying to show that he's trying to change as well. Um, which I think some people just don't see because the media have just kind of labelled him as this guy that plays boring football and doesn't buy into uh, young players. Um, and the other one that I heard as well quite often was that he, he likes to get rid of players too quickly. He doesn't want to give them a chance. Um, like that, I don't really know why people are still holding on to that one. Like the most Salah thing. Um, okay, most Salah's had one great season. Fair enough. And, and in that season, a lot of the things was, oh, Jose shouldn't let him go. Imagine if Chelsea had this guy. Fair enough. But in the season that they bought, uh, Mohamed Salah so in the season that Chelsea bought him um, he, did, he didn't play him I think he played him one or two games if, if I'm not mistaken they sent him out on loan uh, but in that same season they went on to win the Premier League so <laughs> it's not as if like the decision to send him away had cost them like a, a title or anything they were still a very good team it was probably a very very hard team to get into um, so that's probably why they sent him away um, and yeah he didn't get his chance or whatever but but that's just sometimes that happens. Like you get sent away, you develop, and then you come back and 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 play for one of the big teams, which is what he did last year. Um, this year, obviously, he's struggling a little, struggling a little bit. But uh, you never know. It's early days, early days. Um, I mean, the one that I kind of do agree with is is the Kevin De Bruyne thing. Um, when they let him go uh, to join Wolfsburg, I think that's the one um, where they probably shouldn't have. Um, so I understand the arguments about Jose Mourinho and what the media are saying about him, which is true. Um, but I think you also got to think about like forming your own opinion of what you've seen of him so far, because it's not like it's hard to get information on, on these guys anymore. Like it's readily available, like Sky Sports News, 24 hour news channel. You see it all the time. Sean, you scroll on your phone, you see loads of things about them on Sky Sports, BBC, etc. So it's just about kind of forming your forming your own opinion and not just going along with what the uh, so-called experts are, are saying about him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to argue that he's a great manager. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just simply saying that sometimes we tend to get caught up in like the narrative that the media pushes on us, um, and we don't really think about maybe things that have happened in the past or we don't maybe think about the guy himself. Is he trying to change? Like the other one I heard from the ex-Man United guys on, on BT Sport was that uh, he's he's looking to get sacked. <laughs> um, okay, like, like their reasoning was pretty much that he's called out everyone at the club. Um, so, so he's just he's just gone in at everyone and that's why he's trying to get sacked. But 
it's it's crazy to think that someone like Jose Mourinho, who's a who's a, who's a winner everywhere he's been, who clearly enjoys what he does, is very good at it, um, wants to get sacked on purpose for for a big payout. Like, come on, man, think about it. think about it. He doesn't necessarily need the money. Um, maybe he's having a hard time at Man United, but this guy, like, I don't know. It's just it's hard to think of someone who's won as much as he has, who's done as much as he has, um, to to then go on and be like, you know, I'm just I'm just gonna throw the towel in. I'm just gonna have a go at everyone at the club, and I'm gonna wait for them to call me up, uh, sack me, and I'll take my money and go elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. That- that's kind of what they were saying which is just mad to think about Uh, this is a guy who called Arsene Wenger a specialist in failure so if he's calling out people for doing that and he goes and does the same thing I mean that's crazy right so yeah again it's like uh, maybe I understand what they were saying that who goes who goes and calls out all their players and says this that and the rest about them um, if he if he's not looking to cause a stir in the club but like you have to you have to think like times have changed as well now like back in the day there was no social media so players didn't really you didn't really hear too much from them or you didn't really hear as much as you do now um and now they have their own voice and their own opinions and they can post things and they can say things that they want to say etc etc so like it's quite open that's what i'm trying to get at it's quite open so for jose just to say stuff like when he called out um, I think it was Eric Bailly and uh, Phil Jones during that uh, the penalty shootout defeat to Derby in the Carabao Cup when he basically he basically said yeah um, like there's no way I had any faith in them scoring a penalty so we were going to lose if if those two had to take a penalty which is like a hundred percent agree you should not do that but it's not like he's lying <laughs> it's not like yeah it's not like he's um saying the wrong things or making something out of nothing and then the thing again this weekend when he said stuff about uh who is it uh, marcus rashford and scott mctominay how i think he was trying to imply that maybe they were scared in the sense that you know they've never had this they've never been under this type of scrutiny before um it's new for them they're young they're not really experienced maybe they just don't know how to handle it uh, maybe that's what's affecting them on the pitch um but then that, like, that's what my interpretation could have been on it. But then um, the other guys were like, well, he's calling out his players again. He's saying that they're scared, that they don't want to play football. <laughs> okay, fair enough again. But I think there needs to be maybe like a bit of a balance. Maybe they need to get someone. Maybe they need to get me in there, get me into the studio. Let me have a chance at giving a different opinion. Not just one that's like in this whole football bubble that obviously they've been in their whole lives. Um but yeah, it's just it's just something to think about, you know. Are you are you are you the type of person that just takes what the media has to say and goes with it, or do you like maybe want to do a bit more digging, or maybe just infer things a bit differently, not necessarily conform to what everyone else is saying? And neither way is wrong, by the way. I'm not trying to say one way is better than the other. I'm just trying to say that maybe we should think about our own opinions uh, more and like put our own ideas out there instead of just listening to what the media has to say all the time and just going along with that i mean i I was i've been guilty of it as well i've been guilty of just listening to the media and going along with that especially when it comes to arsenal again where you know i just thought maybe sixth or seventh that's where they were going to finish this year 
because of the whole the whole narrative that you like you need to rebuild and um, they were just coming off a long-term manager and it's going to take time and maybe this guy won't even last that long and even the start that they had wasn't great uh, but then looking at them now and I, you know I was guilty of just thinking yeah that's cool I never I never for a second thought they'd be where they are um, I never for a second considered the fact that well yeah they've had this long-term manager but for for the last maybe three years I think they've been wanting to get rid of him so maybe they've been building towards that so they've done it a bit differently to other clubs like uh, let's say Man United for example um, the guy they got didn't really know too much about him um, he's a fantastic manager I mean like some of the stuff I heard from uh, Spain like what some of the uh, sports correspondents in Spain have been saying about him um, how the managers in Spain feel about him he's a fantastic manager and he knows how to get a lot out of a team that maybe can't spend as much as a Man City or a Liverpool or a Chelsea right now um, so yeah those are, those are the things I didn't really think about I didn't really hear because the media weren't pushing them as much as they were pushing the whole rebuilding story and that it's going to take a season or two for Arsenal to get anywhere near where they need to be and that might be the case but at the moment they're playing some good football nine on the bounce um, so yeah that's that's another thing that obviously I was guilty of in that respect but I mean it doesn't necessarily just have to be about sports as well think about other areas and uh, where this, where media where you read stuff and maybe they've just in said like interpreted it one way and it's kind of pushed you that way or have you gone about and done a bit of research and thought about it or looked at other different media outlets to get a bit of a balance which is always good and then maybe form your own opinion on it um, so yeah it's just it's just something to to think about how much the influence of, uh, of uh, media and society kind of have on our opinions and maybe it's kind of up to them as well to give a bit more of a balanced um, argument in, in terms of what they think or what they print or what they put up on their website or who they have on the debate show maybe they should find someone to like counter their arguments um, instead of just maybe throwing in one kind of opinion and just keep going at it, keep going at it. Um, but yeah, th those are all kind of things to think about. Um, next time you hear like a big sports story, um, think about whether you know the media have influenced you in your in your opinion, or is it the fact that maybe the media are right, but you also feel like it could be another way, or it could be it could be something different, or you might interpret it different, like maybe I did with the whole Marcus Rashford and uh, Scott McTominay thing. Um, but yeah, it's just something interesting to think about, like how how much of our opinions are really our, our own or are they kind of fueled by media and society and things that we see or not fueled, but influenced rather. That's the word I was looking for. So yeah, how, how much are those things influenced by the media and society or how much of those are really our own opinions? And obviously, to a certain extent, you're going to have that influence because it's impossible to get away from you're not going to be you're not going to get first hand information of anything unless you're a journalist um but it's just interesting it's just interesting like maybe we can interpret interpret things differently uh, based on our own experiences um and remember we don't all need to play football or all need to have this that and the rest to have an opinion um it's it's always good to have opinions from different uh, viewpoints people that have gone uh, experienced different things or have different backgrounds um, that's very important as well okay 
Well, that's a good topic. <laughs> All right, coming up, we have the shout out of the week, and well, quite a few honourable mentions. Quite a few honourable mentions. Okay, okay. So, shout out of the week. This week, obviously, there were a few contenders, uh, but I'm going to go with the New Zealand All Blacks. Now, let me just tell you why. First of all, I mean, I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was just, uh, it was an incredible comeback. I'm, I'm going to set the scene for you, paint you a little picture uh, with my words. So, uh, the Rugby Championship is what is the tournament um, that they were both playing in. Uh, I think this was a penultimate game or the last game of the of the championship, and it was basically like a nothing kind of game because New Zealand had already won the championship, um, nothing really to play for. Um, but so yeah, it was kind of like a dead rubber, if you like. Um, but for the South Africans, uh, obviously for them, they just beat in New Zealand um, in New Zealand, which is huge. But then to beat the All, Black, All Blacks twice in a row. This, this is the best team, or in my opinion, the greatest team in world sport. Um, so, yeah, to beat them twice in a row would be quite an achievement. So, obviously, South Africa wanted to do that in front of their home crowd as well. Um, that, w- that, was the, that was the goal, that was the aim for them. And to be fair, like, everything was pretty even after the... Fir- well, it was even after the first half. It was 6 all um, going into half time. Um, New Zealand hadn't really played great rugby. South Africa probably deserved to be in front, but they weren't. Um, so six all um, coming out into the second half. So the South Africans started the second half pretty well, to be honest. Um, scored a try, had a, a penalty conversion as well. So 16-6. And then in the 52nd minute, um, they scored another try, converted that. 23-6. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, 23-6. That's, that's not too bad. Remember, there's only 80 minutes in a game of rugby. So I was thinking, okay, that's still, that's still you know, the All Blacks. They're known for their comebacks in you know, the last 20 minutes. Um, they're one of the best at that. And, you know, the 54th minute came around and I was proven right, to be honest, because the All, All Blacks went and scored, making it 23-11. Uh, got lucky with it, but nevertheless, the try stood. 23-11. Uh, but then something happened that you know, doesn't normally happen. Um, the South, uh, South African team came back again. So they hit the All Blacks with another punch, if you like, making it 30-13. Now, this is in the 59th minute. So there's only 20 minutes left to go in the game. It's 30-13. I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's just not It's just not going to happen uh, today. Fair enough. You know, they, they've won the title. It's not. They're probably not really playing for anything. So I decided I'll just go upstairs, get ready. I was going out. So I did that, and I come back downstairs. Um, so let me just tell you what happened because I missed it. But th- this is this is what happened after that. So it's 30-13 to South Africa. 62nd minute comes about. New Zealand score making it 30-18. The 75th minute. So with five minutes left to go in the game, they score again, making it 30-23. And in the last minute, the last minute of the game, these New Zealand All Blacks. When it scored another try, converted it to win the game 32-30. The first time they'd taken the lead in the whole of the game. 
uh, it just happened to be right at the end when the buzzer went um so yeah man i mean like i'm not saying it was the greatest comeback ever but what i am saying is that the consistency in which they continue to like just not give up and come back after you know after taking hit after hit after you know maybe not playing great or having a poor half or having a poor 60 minutes and then just they just they just have this unbelievable belief where they don't know how to give up they don't even know what that word means they don't know how to quit they just know how to keep going how to keep putting what they've practiced putting that into into the game situation uh, bringing it out on the pitch believing in everything they've been taught believing in their skill set believing in their teammates which kind of ties into last week's individual versus the teammates thing. Now, these guys will probably always want to do stuff as a team because they know at the end of the day, each and every one of them are pulling for the same thing. <clears throat> each and every one of them just don't have any quit in their body, uh, which is uh, it's just crazy, man. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I don't really know any team in the world who consistently comes back time after time um, like these guys do. But yeah, they, they definitely get my shout out of the week this week all right we've got a few honorable mentions so let's get on with that all right so <clears throat> the honorable mentions this week because there is a few of them like i'm like i said uh, the first honourable mention, so there's no particular order, but the first one I'm going to give it to uh, Prithvi Shaw, who uh, made his debut uh, as an Indian international batsman against the West Indies, and went and got, went and got himself 134 runs, which is mightily impressive. I'm sure if you guys had a look at or watched a bit of the England India series, you can you would have seen that India had a lot of problems with their openers. Uh, failing to get a run so for this guy to come and do that kind of make a statement put his name out there to be an opener that's pretty impressive especially on your de debut as well um, also in that game <laughs> i can't go without giving this guy an honorable mention uh, virat kohli went and got another hundred um this this guy's just had one hell of a season and he continues continues to show that he's not slacking he's not resting on his laurels he just keeps playing keeps batting well um and most of the time he's winning um the third honorable mention um during the week champions league was on um i'm sure you saw the messy show at wembley uh, where <laughs> he pretty much tore tottenham to shreds uh, with his passing or well, to be fair tottenham were in the game but if it wasn't for the post it would probably be in four maybe three or four nil uh, by half time so um, yeah, he, he kind of ran that show. Um, and just a quick one to Ivan Rakitic as well. I don't know if you've seen the goal. If you haven't, you need to check it out because Ivan Rakitic's goal was phenomenal. Not only was the goal phenomenal, the camera work was just brilliant. Like one of the shots they have, just like the camera pans behind him and you can see the contact that he makes jumping off the uh, two feet off, off the ground and just hits an absolute banger into the corner. Um, so yeah, a little honourable mention for Ivan Rakitic. And lastly, we've spoken a bit about them already today. Uh, but Arsenal, nine wins on the bounce, man. And honestly, I didn't think that was going to happen. Regardless, I, I mean, I've heard the thing that oh well, they haven't really played anyone. 
Yeah, fair enough, but you have to beat who's in front of you, and that's what they've gone and done. I mean, take Man United, for example. They've struggled a hell of a lot as well with beating teams that are supposedly easier. Arsenal have just gone and been got the job done, been pretty professional about it. And this and this weekend as well, that was a brilliant, brilliant team goal uh, that Aaron Ramsey scored. Uh, actually, his goal, his little flick was, was pretty special as well, but the build-up was awesome. So if you haven't seen that, make sure you have a look at that as well all right so the last part the stuff part or the miscellaneous part of the show um it's coming up <laughs> we're going to be looking at tequila <laughs> should be good man should be good all right so tequila what does tequila have to do uh with this part of the show well, I kind of wanted to find a drink that, you know, you can kind of sip on um, that wasn't whiskey or brandy because I didn't really, I don't know, I'm not really a fan to be honest. So I thought, let me do a bit of research, find out a bit about it. Um, and now maybe we could talk about it, drop a bit of knowledge for you guys on the podcast. Um, so I went with tequila. Um, now, there are two types of tequila so the first type of tequila the one that's probably most common to us all the one that we probably have a couple of shots of um in a bar or in the club or what have you um is is um, specifically made from the blue agave plant um, and the other type of tequila which is known as mascal as well um, this is made from any type of agave plant Right, so the other key difference between um, tequila and mezcal are the regions in which they are made from or distilled in. So I think, not, not I think, I have researched and found out that the blue agave plant um, can only be distilled in the Mexican state of Jalisco. Um, I hope my pronunciation is good there. Um, uh, whereas uh, mezcal can I think it can be produced um, from many different states or regions sorry or I think there are nine regions altogether um, I'm not going to go through all the names because that could be painful and quite long um, so yeah those are the kind of two main differences I'm sure there are others um, if there's any tequila experts out there or mascal experts out there, you know, drop us an email, uh, message us on Instagram, send us a tweet, um, enlighten me with some more knowledge. That would be greatly appreciated. All right. So the other kind of research I did was just to find out other terms on the tequila bottle and what they actually mean. Um, so I'm sure, again, I'm sure you've seen it in supermarkets and stuff. Um, tequila silver or blanco uh, tequila um, so again this will be pretty much always from the blue agave plant and it's kind of in its purest form um, so that's why it's very very clear and most of the time it's unaged um, so this is probably I think it gets bottled up um, directly after it's been distilled um, and left to settle up for about four weeks I think is the maximum um, the other one you might have seen is the tequila reposado um, and this is probably 
well, the main difference between these um, the reposado and the silver tequila the reposado is aged uh, between two months and a year um, so kind of has obviously a lot, a lot of different flavors going in there um, a lot of wood flavors as i have researched and i have tasted and we'll come on to that in a minute um, but yeah and also another interesting fact about this reposado is that um, some of these uh, tequilas are aged in uh, like bourbon or whiskey or cognac or even wine barrels um, so some of them have kind of like a unique taste to them which is pretty cool something a bit different um, so yeah and then the last one tequila gold um, again I'm sure you've seen it in the supermarkets but this is kind of a mix of, of both um, the silver and the reposado now mixing the two so the silver and the reposado would help it keep its um, 100% agave classification um, but the most common one I think um, of the tequila golds um, is is typically where like they add colorants and like flavors um, prior to bottling it so and these are kind of less expensive and they're used in in bars and restaurants mainly um, and that's where you'll probably find the stuff that they use for like mixers as well so the tequila gold is the one that I think is, is the cheapest from what I know what I researched um, yeah and that's where they add the stuff like the colorants and the flavorings to it um, prior to it being all bottled up all right so the, the tequila I decided to try uh, is called Casa Amigos um, is a reposado um, and let me just have a little taste here so I can give you uh, feedback so <clears throat> yeah I mean it, it kind of does oh yeah it does have a bit of a sweet aftertaste to it not not like in an extreme sense but it's a bit of a sweet aftertaste it's nice though goes down pretty well I could definitely see myself sipping on this on an occasion or two um, but yeah man this is quite nice it actually does have a quite quite a good taste to it hang about let me just have a little sip again yeah very nice very nice all right guys I'm gonna go <laughs> I'm gonna go finish this uh, we'll call it a day on episode eight again i loved uh, talking to you guys about this kind of stuff um, i hope you i hope i know you've enjoyed listening to it uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah uh, it's, it's been fun it's been fun next week um oh next week's a good one so next week literally the um the, the at the time when i started to think about doing these podcasts there was one topic in particular i wanted to talk about more than most um, and that's to do with LeBron James so next week let me tell you man I'm going to be giving you some well he's going to be giving you some life lessons but I'm going to be explaining them to you if you like uh, start the NBA seasons in 10 days so it kind of ties in all together nicely all right guys I hope you guys have been having a good week and continue to do so um yeah man just keep doing what you do keep making that magic happen and i will speak to you next week take care